the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As a constitutional law attorney, former senior legal advisor and personal counsel to President Donald J. Trump, Jenna Ellis believes in the rule of law and the importance of integrity in our elections. And she's ready to tackle the big cultural and legal issues facing America. This is The Jenna Ellis Show. Here is your host, Jenna Ellis. Welcome to another episode of The Jenna Ellis Show. I'm Jenna Ellis, and today I'm so excited to have my good friend and former colleague on the Trump 2020 campaign, Jason Miller, who is now the CEO of Getter. You all have heard about it, um, and hopefully you are on it. You should be on Getter. And uh, before we get to Jason, I want to start out by talking about our good friends at Legacy Precious Metals, because we have seen a total failure of government the botched exit from Afghanistan that makes us less safe than we have been in years, disastrous economic policies that have inflation soaring. All of your freedoms and liberties are at risk. We've seen this in the last 18 months with outrageous government overreach, the closing of businesses, mandates that violate our Constitution. We're going to be talking with Jason about censorship, why freedom of speech is so incredibly important, the things that we're doing right now, speaking together about truth. That's why podcasts matter. And the bottom line is that we're in the midst of a failed presidency, and I really think that things are going to get worse. And so now is time for Americans to take steps to protect our finances and retirements. And so when times are very uncertain, you need an asset that protects you, and that's why I believe in investing in gold and trust my friends at Legacy Precious Metals. So they're a company that you can trust to give you good and patient counsel that's very important for your personal situation. Their team of experts has decades of experience helping Americans like you and me make the right decision for ourselves and our families. So call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-528-1903. That's 866-528-1903. Or you can visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com and download their free investor's guide. So I want to welcome in now my good friend, uh, Jason Miller, who is the CEO of Getter. And uh, Jason, thanks so much for joining me on the show. Jenna, great to be with you, and congrats on the podcast. Uh, it's cool to see. I think this is your, uh, what, 11th or 12th episode, but just a few weeks into this. And uh, it's always great to see uh, uh, broader Trump family uh, mega warriors doing good. So congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, and and you too. I mean, really, um, it's been amazing to see how many of us who advocated for so long uh, for President Trump, you know, we still do, and um, continuing now to have this whole America first agenda and values and, and perspectives um, now in so many different avenues. And uh, one of these, of course, is online social media. And for you to start Getter, um, I, I know a lot of people have obviously joined the platform. I'm on the platform. Very happy about that. Thank you for, for uh, making sure to reserve my handle. Um, but for people who maybe aren't aware of what makes Getter special, what makes it unique, um, and kind of why you in particular uh, joined this this uh, and created this platform uh, really to make sure to give 
conservatives and really anybody an outlet that is not censored. Um, tell people more about Getter and why this is so important, especially right now in the midst of uh, censorship. A lot of it goes back to 2020 and what we saw, not just on the presidential campaign, but even before. You remember early last year, uh, it, you'd get thrown in digital jail or de-algorithmed or, um, or put in digital timeout simply for saying that the virus came from a lab in Wuhan, which, spoiler alert, it did. As we move, people were getting shadow banned and uh, censored and those types of things for criticizing uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, who is wrong, well, depending on how many days of the week there are is how many times he's wrong. Uh, and then where it became the most egregious, or one of the most egregious, was the Hunter Biden laptop scandal and the fact that Twitter and Facebook and a number of these social media and media companies all colluded to make sure that didn't get out. And of course, Jenna, you know that after the election, the Media Research Center uh, did a poll where it said upwards of one in six Biden voters would have switched their vote or considered going a different direction if they knew about the Biden family grift and alleged corruption from the decades of people selling access to Joe Biden. All of this builds up to January 6th and how the uh, social media companies came together and deplatformed President Trump, effectively stripping him of his First Amendment rights. And it truly was collusion. They say that they, they weren't directly colluding, but they don't have to when the media does it all for them. And I realized at that point, something different had to be done. And that's then when I started getting introduced to people from Getter, I realized, look, we can wait around for the courts to deal with it. We can wait around for Congress to fix some of the problems with social media. Or uh, let's go and start something that's even newer and better than what Silicon Valley has. Yeah. And, you know, this is just something that I think so many Americans, regardless of what political viewpoint uh, you are coming from, regardless of what your view is on uh, the vaccine, regardless of what your view is really on anything. I mean, this is just something that fundamentally our U.S. Constitution protects and preserves the right of every individual to freely speak and share their viewpoint. And government has to operate from a viewpoint neutral uh, perspective. And so when we've seen historically, you know, companies that are private companies have some types of censorship, it's traditionally been kind of the conservative posture to say, well, you know, government shouldn't interfere in free markets and that kind of thing. But I think that when we see, especially with President Trump's uh, lawsuit, Jason, which I think is actually very intelligently well crafted to say, you know, these big tech companies are are actually colluding and they're coordinating with the Democrats. They're receiving funding, they're receiving uh, marching orders to specifically foreclose conservative voices. Then we have to also um, shift our perspective. And I think even my perspective from a legal perspective has grown on this over the last, especially year, um, seeing how big tech has really just, just foreclosed the conservative voices and, and any sort of opinion on any subject that is not the designated preferred opinion. And so as you know, you're looking at um, this whole landscape, um, Getter is a platform, uh, or my understanding at least, is that it's a platform literally for everyone. I mean, there are some that have cropped up to say, well, we're going to be kind of the conservative side to the liberal side of you know Twitter and Facebook. But that kind of creates then just echo chambers. And, you know, what I kind of see that you're doing is saying, you know, wait a minute, we need to kind of go back to square one and we need to realize what a public forum genuinely is. 
Yeah, and, and Jenna, that's why I appreciate you're having such a good grasp of the, the Constitution, our First Amendment rights, uh, which, by the way, a lot of countries around the world do not have their own version of a First Amendment or, or real freedom to speech. Um, but what we saw with this political discrimination is the fact that these platforms started to effectively become publishers. And so for anyone who doesn't understand on Section 230, that's essentially the law that was written back in the 90s that talked about how back then it was blogs. Um, people would dial with their dial-up AOL and uh, the goofy noises and everything. Uh, they said that if you're a platform just hosting different commentary and opinion, um, that you wouldn't be held liable for things that were said. That's as opposed to a publisher like the New York Times or um, the Washington Post where anything that they write, uh, since they do editorialize and decide what makes it and what doesn't, that they then can be held liable for anything that appears um, on their uh, on their website or in their pages. And so fast forward, what we've seen now is these big tech companies really exercising political discrimination. So one set of users are treated completely different from another set of users. And it's become almost this uh, social engineering plan gone wrong. I mean, somewhere uh, you have Ray Bradbury and George Orwell and Isaac Asimov uh, rolling over in their graves saying, I, I can't believe you allowed these tech guys to go and take everything over, but they're the ones who are now bossing around big media. They're the ones who are bossing around the Democratic Party, and they all kind of march in lockstep. So it's definitely time that we did something different. And to your point also, that's exactly right. Uh, Getter's a platform for people of all backgrounds and ideologies. I mean, I'm proud that we have folks uh, like yourself, Dinesh D'Souza, Mark Levin, Sean Hannity, uh, some great warriors on the right. We have Naomi Wolf, a uh, feminist author on the left, who's also been very outspoken. We have people who don't even care about politics. Uh, people like Enos Cantor from the Boston Celtics, uh, who's been an outspoken uh, advocate for human rights abuses in uh, his native Turkey. Uh, we have uh, UFC fighters like Jorge Masvidal and Chael Sonnen. We even had uh, toughest women on the planet or in multiple galaxies, Gina Carano from The Mandalorian. So it's people from all across. And I think we're going to have some additional big Democratic names joining us soon. And I hope so, honestly. I mean, I hope that you get um, an even wider swath of people. And, and, and this is what is so fascinating about, you know, living in the 21st century where we can and we often do isolate ourselves based on either beliefs or, um, or signs or symbols or affiliations rather than historically we've had to affiliate ourselves based on geography because that was just what was uh, what was available and we didn't have all of these different um, social media and online options and so people kind of had to come together with all different um, diversity and you know an age and and faith-based backgrounds or, or not faith at all or um, you know all kinds of different uh, ways that people would have to come together and then they would end up not only learning from each other but then also arguing and, and arguing and clash is actually a good thing <laughs> so when you have um, people from all kinds of uh, viewpoints and perspectives in one public forum, you actually learn. And I think, um, Jason, that's kind of been something that that big tech and the leftist companies are wanting on purpose philosophically and ideologically to squelch is to say, we don't want this free exchange of ideas. We don't want the truth to win out in the end. We want the propaganda and we only want our viewpoint. Like I was on uh, Twitter. Yeah, I mean, I'm on Twitter all the time, but in all social media, um, you know, all different platforms. But I noticed over the last like three days, 
this headline on the top trending thing on Twitter for days was that the so-called legal experts, you know, are saying um, that the COVID vaccine mandate is perfectly legal, experts say. And you could just tell that this was something that Twitter is trying to forcibly indoctrinate people with. And there's a huge problem with that when you have kind of this state-sponsored or big tech oligarch sponsored media that are trying to run this narrative and they're actively suppressing anyone who even has questions or a different opinion on things. And, you know, you've traveled throughout the world, um, even most famously to to Brazil. We were talking about that a little earlier uh, offline. And, you know, and you've seen kind of the the differences of uh, how countries that don't have free exchange of ideas, how they ultimately fare. And so what is your prognosis of where America is at now with this sort of post-January 6th world? And where is Getter in the middle of this and in how you want to, to reshape this to get back to this sort of genuine public forum? Oh, well, great question. I think uh, that this, you know, this whole cancel culture, woke culture, identity politics is something that's really gripping the world, uh, still continuing to grow in the UK and France, where I was last week. Uh, we see the, the growth of it uh, in Brazil, where I was just a few weeks ago. And when you take a look at Facebook and their anti-misinformation uh, advisory board, or they, they call it something slightly different, but they announced in the Wall Street Journal a couple weeks back that they're going to expand their efforts in 2022 to include the Philippines, Brazil, France, Hungary, other countries where they have these uh, elections, including the U.S. midterm elections uh, in November of 2022. But it's kind of one of those, uh, who watches the watchman? Who's overseeing uh, the Facebook overseers? They're deciding uh, what can and can't be posted. I mean, I remember when Dr. Fauci said uh, COVID would not be a big deal, or when he said don't wear masks as late as February 29 of uh, of 2020, of course, then it was one mask, then two masks, and then all of the masks at the same time. So he keeps changing his position. We have to be able to go and challenge, I think, uh, our government officials. We have to be able to challenge, uh, I think, the kind of the groupthink effort uh, that is out there. Uh, but it's also important to point out that other countries have a much different uh, interpretation on free speech rights. And I saw in Brazil where I came into the essentially the middle of the crossfire between President Bolsonaro, who's on Getter, so thank you very much, President Bolsonaro, and Alexander de Moraes, who's one of their Supreme Court justices. And Jenna, you'd uh, get a good chuckle out of this. The Supreme Court justices in Brazil uh, are allowed to launch investigations. They're allowed to prosecute. So imagine uh, Sonia Sotomayor having the powers of Mueller, Comey, Schiff, and Nadler all rolled up into one. Um, and so they detained me for a few hours and wanted to ask questions and effectively were just trying to scare me off to not come back and uh, try to expand Getter in Brazil. Uh, but just as I'm not going to back down the United States, I'm not going to back down to Brazil or anywhere else. I'm going to make sure people have their free speech rights. And that that is such a worthy goal. And, and that's something that we all should be protecting. And it used to be this common understanding, like our founders who, of course, you know, argued about the best way to preserve and protect our rights, they all at least unanimously agreed 
on our rights and the fact that they needed to be protected. And it wasn't for the government to foreclose any of these rights or just say, well, you can speak as long as your speech is what we prefer or what these ministers or arbiters of truth say that it is. And so, you know, as you look forward, uh, Jason, as well, and, you know, obviously there will be legal challenges to this. There are already legal challenges to Twitter and Facebook. And I hope that President Trump's lawsuit uh, prevails and actually uh, is is meaningful in terms of precedent because I think the courts really do need to address this. And um, even just a few weeks ago, uh, one of America's leading nonprofit law firms, my friends at First Liberty Institute, asked uh, people to sign a letter to help stop President Biden's radical scheme to pack the Supreme Court. And since then, a quarter of a million people have signed on um, with tens of thousands joining their coalitions. And actually today is uh, is September 30th. And so, um, you know, all of these different coalitions are on board. And um, if we don't stop the radical left from installing four more justices so they can rig the system in their favor, it'll end the rule of law as we know it in America. And so um, our friends at First Liberty, you can sign your name uh, there, which is the Supreme Coup at C-O-U-P dot com to sign First Liberty's letter. And court packing, Jason, I think is, you know, one of the left's um, responses to really good jurisprudence. And so, you know, as you're looking forward to uh, potentially, and maybe not looking forward in the sense of like, yay, but just anticipating uh, some of these lawsuits and hopefully getting some good uh, jurisprudential outcomes, do you have hope that a Supreme Court with, you know, the three Trump appointed justices are going to actually look at this Uh, favorably and understand that they're going to be kind of the final arbiters of what is our free exercise of speech and association and public forum and right to participate in a free society. Well, I do hope that uh, ultimately they take a look at it, but, you know, whether it's uh, the legal challenges or hoping that Congress goes and fixes it, some of those are variables we can control for some. You're going to have different actors who have different motivations and different things that come up. And I always get worried about uh, when we rely on someone else to get something done for us. I'm very much a, if you want something done right, then go and do it yourself. That's part of the reason why I launched Getter, uh, why I teamed up with the engineers and the folks who'd started putting it together, say this is a a platform, this is a group that really uh, believes as I do uh, about trying to bring democracy and trying to bring light into places where uh, it doesn't currently exist. So uh, I hope the lawsuit will be successful. I hope that Congress does take some action to reform Section 230. Uh, But in the meantime, I think it's, it's clear that these social media companies, they're not going to back off. Uh, Twitter's not going to back off. Facebook's not going to back off. If anything, they're so much more emboldened now they've been able to kick President Trump off of their platforms uh, that I don't think they're going to slow down until all populists or all conservatives around the world are defeated. Yeah, and I, I think it's absolutely insane that the Taliban is on Twitter and President Trump is not. I mean, that should tell you everything that you need to know about their perspective on freedom of speech. Um, but, but Jason, I also want to get your perspective. Speaking of Congress and congressional oversight, um, there was an interesting piece in CNBC, and the headline uh, was Facebook exec will testify at Senate hearing after a report finds Instagram harms teens' mental health. And this was a story that I just found fascinating. And Facebook apparently agreed to send Antigone Davis, the global head of safety, to testify before the Senate Commerce Subcommittee 
um, actually today on September 30th. So um, what's what's your perspective? And I know you have a little more insight into this uh, than I do. Yeah, and so when we talk about this, uh, uh, talk about this uh, hearing uh, that's coming up, it's really what they're trying to get to the bottom of is uh, this Wall Street Journal's been doing this uh, huge expose, this series on Facebook and really getting into how they uh, treat different users differently when it comes to what content they can post versus who's not able to. Uh, but this story that came out about Facebook and Instagram targeting uh, preteens, uh, very young teenagers, try to get get them in their impressionable years, try to get them hooked on Facebook. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's kind of a, you know, reminds me of the thank you for smoking um, mad men genre of, hey, let's go and get kids hooked on something. Uh, it, it's it's so astonishing, you can't believe it. I thought these were the people who were out trying to save the world. Um, but it's a, it shows just how disingenuine they are when they talk about uh, whether it's, say, pushing on uh, mask mandates and things like that, while at the same time trying to uh, hook our kids onto social media platforms, knowing that uh, so much of everything for Instagram just goes to um, how tall are you, how skinny are you, what kind of fancy clothes do you have? Everything that's the last, that's the worst of the worst uh, for kids in middle school or high school. I mean, my oldest is 12, she turns 13 next week. And uh, I can tell you, as, as a seventh grader, uh, this is kind of her first year of. Um, you know, or she gets up a little bit extra early and straightens out her hair and, uh, you know, all the, the girls are starting to dress a little bit nicer and kind of outgrow some of their, their tomboy phases and things like that. And it's, it's such a slippery slope when you start injecting into the minds that here's how you have to look. If you want to be one of the cool kids, you got to follow everybody else on, uh, on Instagram or wear these certain clothes because the TikTok people wear it. I think it's dangerous to play games with that with our kids. And I really do hope that Facebook and Instagram are held accountable. Yeah, and that's just, that is alarming. And if we can influence our kids so easily like that, I mean, there are, I'm sure, you know, other studies that either are out or will come out on how easily um, the the propaganda is perpetuated. Because if only one source is saying something and you don't hear any other objections or you don't actually hear any other perspectives, then people will just accept that as, oh, well, that that must be what the facts are. And so, you know, for young kids especially, um, you know, this is something where, you know, my my nephews are just, you know, there are three of them under three, so they're not uh, quite to the Instagram phase yet, but I can imagine, you know, my sister-in-law is going to be very careful uh, with all of this as they get to, to be teens. But this just shows also the influence that social media has on not just our own uh, self-perception and, you know, for teens and mental health, but also for uh, what our perception, even as adults, of reality and effects are. And it's so important, Jason, what you're doing, and I really applaud you for taking um, this whole, uh, taking Getter into to this direction, because we need platforms and social media that aren't going to be censoring um, unpopular opinions, even kind of, you know, crazy conspiracy theories or even, you know, other things that people may say are unpopular or they're kind of on the margins because people have a right to their opinion. They have a right to share information. 
And that has always been uh, the understanding in America that we can have this free exchange and that's how we get to the truth. And um, so for people who want to join Getter, um, who are excited about this now, you know, they've heard from you. Um, hopefully everyone listening is already on it. But um, where can they find you? How can they sign up for Getter and uh, anything else that you want them to know about it? Absolutely. So Getter.com, G-E-T-T-R.com. Uh, it's also available on the Apple App Store. It's available on the Google Play Store. Uh, only takes a few seconds to sign up. And uh, when you sign up, use the same handle that you used for Twitter. You can actually import in all of your tweets. So your entire tweet history in there. And so, for example, for me, you can go back and see what I put on Twitter back in 2012, 2014. You can go, kind of go through the years. Uh, but then also that's a backup of your intellectual property, of your, essentially, your hard work and creativity. Uh, so come check us out. I'm at, at Jason Miller in D.C., and I usually try to spend a lot of time uh, interacting with other users on the platform. So come and check us out. Yeah, well, I follow you have for a while. And thanks so much, Jason. And uh, thanks for your, your hard work uh, for President Trump and um, for, you know, for everything that that we did on the the Trump 2020 campaign, it was a uh, it was a, a crazy wonderful time, and it was so great to uh, be able to serve the president. And um, you know, best of luck to everything that you're doing there. And like I said, I'm on Getter. Um, it's a great platform, and look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks. Thanks, Jenna. Appreciate it. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.